In the lawless Lower Niederlinks, near Cape Nether, in the dusty center of the not-quite-founded village called Reach, a saloon called Boarding House Reach stands on the not-yet-cobbled Main Street with not-that-brightly-colored streamers in the windows and a banner across the eaves that reads, Grand Ope, because the owner hasn't finished painting it yet. Welcome to Background Checks, a character-based, mostly D&D world-building podcast. What does that mean? Basically, we make a new group of tabletop RPG characters every episode in order to fill a cool fantasy world with people, places, and stories. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm Brian Perry. I am Jake Bush. And I'm Houston Bodley. I wasn't sure if introducing ourselves meant saying our names or like giving a quick life sketch, but we probably don't want to get into that. Break down your resume, your, your quirks in life, what you're good at, what you're bad at, Jake. Tell us the what are your ideals, bonds, flaws, um, personality no. traits. You know, roll to I'm see let, where your traits are applied. I'm gonna let the audience experience my character creation in real time because nice. my character is <laughs> still under construction. Our we as creators are going through our oh. own character development and arcs in this. Yes. Did this just turn into a really weird philosophy podcast about D and D? Absolutely. I'm sure that podcast already exists. Actually. Starting a new podcast called Character Creation, and it's a self improvement wow. podcast. Building. We definitely wanted to call this podcast Character Building, but it's definitely taken. Yeah. Um, cool. So basically, what we'll do is we will have a prompt to discuss about the world. We already established sort of the core of this world. We had some sort of informal discussions um, that we didn't really we recorded them, but didn't release them. Maybe we'll release them at some point if they're not total garbage uh, audio. But we've, we've, we have a core, right? We have a world called Kernel. Um, it's a 12-sided die-shaped planet. One of those faces is, um, is called Shavalo, uh, which is Can a pentagon. Can I pentagon. you real quick? Yeah. This is for my own memory, and also maybe to just help remind people what the name of this is. Is it Kernel with a K, like popcorn kernel, or is it Kernel with a C-O-L? Like it's kernel with a K, but it's also kernel with a Y. K-E-R-N-Y-L, I think, is what we decided because we wanted to be fancy with it. Can I propose a change to C-O-L-O and then still oh. keep the Y, but not where you think? So are you proposing it? Is it going to be pr- still pronounced kernel? Yes. That is, this is a fully audio medium, <laughs> so yes, who cares? It <laughs> doesn't matter. We're never going. We now vow to never put it in any episode description ever. No, maybe in <laughs> maybe in the world of kernel it is in different regions and so there are different yeah. ways to spell it yeah even though they all speak uh, the same language for the most part what uh, will be more relevant to what we're talking about is specific we've decided to just zoom in on one of those 12 sides which is called Shivalo. um the whole planet is lucky charms themed for some reason i don't exactly remember why but the face that we are on is the horseshoe face and so the if you look at a map of it, which we will post a map of it somewhere, um, the the continents are sort of arranged in a vague horseshoe shape. Um, and there's some implications that come with that um, that we'll talk about later. But uh, we don't we, we're not going to like dump a bunch of information at you, but just know that we have sort of established a world. And what we're going to do is each week or each episode, I should say, maybe I won't commit to weekly. Um, each episode, we will one of us will sort of play the DM. And come up with some kind of setting, some kind of campaign, some kind of story hook that the other two will have to build characters, build sort of an adventuring party to deal with that, right? And so 
this week I will start. I will. I have a campaign prompt that I've given them. We've also got a world building prompt. So every episode we'll be talking. You know, let's just decide something. Let's just figure something else more about the world, um, and then we'll have our little story that we set up. Um, if we end up liking any of these sort of stories or campaign hooks, we may actually play them as D and D. But for now, the main plan is every episode is a new beginning of a story. And the main objective is to just sort of learn more about this fantasy world that we uh, have kind of made, but are still kind of in the process of making just like all of us. And we're doing that I, by populating it. Yes. <laughs> First Literally, order business, Adam and Eve, get down to it. <laughs> Weirdly enough, we do have an origin story for where people came from. Maybe we won't get into it, but there is, a, there is an explanation Wait, of where people came is from. Is it space, different? So. so it's different than the real world way of where people come from? Like, do kids have an alternate explanation they get from their parents no, when I they believe that we have something different than sexual reproduction <laughs> but we do know like the first people on this face we know where they came from so have we determined oh, if okay. stork babies are a, a means of procreation in this world i don't think so i think these have the not table. been discussed and i think they're i think they're fair game if we want to go there it's canon <laughs> we went there first That's order of business no sex sorry this is, real <laughs> this is a pg podcast that's There's not no real it doesn't exist and storks bring babies canon also i like i didn't the, even know there were storks in this world but now there are now that's there the kind are. of rich tapestry you can learn about in this great world of shivalo and i Have just enjoy the chaos that people who put this much effort into creating a world and its background and its history and all that usually end up writing books and for us, we're just, hey, let's put an impromptu podcast together. See yeah, what comes out of not? it. Well, yeah, and not overwhelm people with this like rich tapestry of 30 pages of history. It's not out. like about your trees, Tolkien. I don't want to see them. I don't care. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not like we would write books like a bunch of nerds. Nerds. <laughs> books. Jake, are you working on a book? Because I am. I mean, I also kind of am. I think any nerd is always working on a book. So have I written anything in the last eight months? No, but am I technically working on a book? Sure. Sure. So all three of us are working on a book, but then we figured out this is harder than it seems. So let's do the easy podcast route. We know how to make podcasts. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe in a couple of years we have the background checks novelization, uh, but it's not the story of the world we're creating. It's just the story of us making crap up the graphic novel. (laughs) The graphic novel, but it is also just the three of us, um, just shoulders up um, on on a Zoom (laughs) call. um, With the transcript. (laughs) Yeah, and we've got like bubbles on us. I'm going to request that Zachary Levi play me in the movie adaptation. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Cool. Should we get into it then? Yes. Awesome. So the world building prompt, which I have, we, we should come up with like a fun name for it maybe, right? Um, but the world-building question that I would like for us to answer and discuss is, how do people greet each other in this world? Uh, I've I've felt for a long time that I I really don't like the phrase "hail and well met." Um, it's like the cl- sort of classic fantasy phrase. But now, if you if you listen to D and D podcasts, which I do, there's always someone who says "hail and well met," and then they laugh about it. It's like either commit to yeah. talking all weirdy and D and D ish. Or don't. It's only used That's ironically at this point, I feel like. It's only used ironically, and I'm not into that. And I want our podcast slash world to have its own fun greeting, and I think it would 
teach us something about the world if we knew how people greeted each other. Okay, Can I, I have an idea. something for if you run into someone and they look like they're having a bad day. You could say, well, hell met. But it's H-E-L-L. <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty Hell-met. good. That's pretty good. Uh, um, I was just well, helmet. <laughs> I was going to say, well, we mod- you've got a helmet. A, that's pretty cool. That I, I also thought of helmets, but um, no. If we want to just modernize it, it could just be, hey, and what's up? Hey, and what's up? They just like you know, <laughs> like but it, but it, still. yeah, hey, you still have to like. That's very important that you include the and because that's a very cultural yeah. thing. Like. It's kind of an earth thing to say, hey, what's up? But there they say, hey, and what's up? Like two separate things. First thing I would like to say to you is, hey. Hey. The second thing I would like to say to you is, what's up? What's up? Hey, and what's up? I like, hey, and what's up? (laughs) I also like the idea of maybe there is, maybe there's a separate greeting that you use if things aren't great. Like I, we're kind of setting up the culture to be fairly open about their feelings if we do that. Um, Is that a decision we want to make? You assume yes. that humans actually respond to what's up with integrity when they say that to each other. Usually it's just like I mean, nothing much. True. That's nine out of 10 answers. No, but I'm saying your original idea of um, like, if you say hell met, if it looks like they're having a bad day, like if you start the conversation with something negative, if you assume there's a negative situation, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of op- it's very forward. Actually, in our culture. But. Okay. That actually goes pretty well with my character. So he's going to do that. And we'll, well, we'll find out why. So the general greeting will be, hey, and what's up? But if you're, if you're in a bad mood or someone else seems like they're in a bad mood, you just say hell met. My character would hey, You got to have the well, right? It's the well. Oh, well, hell met. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. To I me. mean, a lot of people are bumping their heads on wells. So well, hell mets would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, wells are the number one economic resource that we need for this world. If you are in the well business, you're off to a great start, Colonel. How's the how's the business? It's pretty well. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, we can maybe. I was going to say let's now talk about farewells, but that, there's so much world to build. We'll save it for another episode or the ending when we actually say farewell. Well, I'll just oh, spontaneously how, uh, improvise one. Wait, is this how we're going to start the podcast too? That didn't even occur to me. Am I going to are we going to start the podcast by saying hey and what's up? That's pretty hey, good. What's up? Now, I hey, think that what's can up? Just... Welcome to background checks. I, I think like that it. could be certain characters introduce themselves with hey and what's up. Perfect. It's not like a yeah. rule, but we just like drop that pretty frequently. Hey, and what's up? No, no I take it back. I, heads... I, I do like that. Brian starting this off with hey, and what's up? That, that feels hey, and what's up? Just background checks. That feels charming. Yeah, that's fun. And, and I feel like if, People who listen to D&D podcasts, they'll recognize it. They'll feel the cadence, and they'll be like, ah, oh, it's kind of yeah. like, hey, well, hell it and the but it's modern. Yeah. And then they can but stumble then back the episode to our first episode. Well, hell met. Then you know it's a bad episode. That's kind of You know, it's, <laughs> this is going to be a bad one. Whenever we have a bad episode, I'll go back and re-record the beginning with hell to well met. To warn people no, <laughs> not, hell to, met. not to continue listening. <laughs> Dude, just skip this one. Turn it well, off. Hell met. This is for Don't us. judge us. I also love the idea that it's not actually the word hell because I don't know. Why would they have that word? You know what I mean? It's a very earth word. It's true. So we haven't talked about like the language they speak. I think we did name in our original world building like calls. We called it usual because it was a synonym of common <laughs> or it was either regular or usual or something. Usual is the was best usual. name we could have come up for a common language. Yeah. I love it. 
My character exclusively um, speaks Spanish, which might be frustrating to some listeners, but you know, Duolingo exists for a reason. So get on it. When we were naming the continents and stuff like that, we leaned very heavily on German and Esperanto. So whatever. There you go. <laughs> Not really. They don't speak Spanish. They speak usual. Usual. Yeah. Okay. So the prompt I gave Houston and Jake um, for the sort of quote unquote campaign that we're going to be doing, we should just call it a plot hook, right? It's basically a plot hook. Um, the plot hook that I proposed to them was there is a new frontier style town called Reach that has just sprung up in Niter Links. Uh, the saloon is about to have their grand opening and it's a big deal. The quest will be to make sure the festivities go off without a hitch. So the, the, that's hopefully open-ended enough that you've got flexibility to build some characters. Sounds like from chatting before the episode, your characters may be very similar and that's okay too. <laughs> um, but basically we want um, a place for the players to sort of play, experiment, come up with um, what type of character you think could do that kind of quest, right? Um, I originally had it as like, you've been hired to do this, but I think we want to have it like even a little bit more open-ended than that. It's just you are here to accomplish this objective and it's up to you to decide why are you there, right? Were you hired? Were you, are you a friend of the person who's giving the, the quest? Which by the way, I will be also introducing an NPC um, who will be giving that quest and his name, his name is Noble Harrison. Noble Harrison. Noble Harrison. I For like some him. reason, I decided to translate my name literally. Uh, Brian <laughs> means noble and Perry means son of Harry. So, for some wow. reason, this guy's me, even though he's nothing like me. Um, but his name's Noble Harrison, and he is the uh, innkeeper here, uh, or the saloon keeper here in uh, Reach. Um, he has named his his boarding house slash inn of the boarding house Reach, and the reason why is I was googling phrases that use the word Reach in them because I had named the town Reach. So Reach is this little town. It's down in the very far south of the world which we have established is sort of a little bit more lawless, a little bit more wild than the north end of the world. The right? wild, the wild world west, is, if you will. The wild, wild down, you might call it, because for some reason we also decided that they don't use northeast, south, and west. They use up, down, left, and right. <laughs> I think we don't commit to that fully. I think we just say that those are options. No, um, I do I, love that. I, I think people just need to go with like us on this The one. wild, wild down, I think that's pretty cool. Wild, wild down, um, which <laughs> makes down. it sound like it's about like, Goose feathers or something. Their <laughs> motto is get down in the wild. There we go. Th that would have been way easier for Will, Will Smith to write the song. <laughs> and I'm establishing, I'm establishing canon that this tavern slash saloon is opening up next to the community mattress store called Wild Wild Down. <laughs> Perfect. But there's no it's sex in this world. How can we have but Wild there are Wild Down? <laughs> That's not the only purpose of beds usage. I think the pillows are just weirdly shaped. <laughs> it's wild down. Yeah. Um, no, but I was Googling, what are some phrases that, uh, that use the word reach? Because like, that's a fun way to name things. And right there, it popped up, boarding house reach. It's like, oh, interesting. What boarding house reach refers to is when you reach across the table instead of asking for someone to pass something to you. Hmm. sort of that rude oh you're so rude you must live in a boarding house it's boarding house reach it's probably mean to immigrants i don't know um that's probably why the <laughs> phrase was made um, it's usually some way um can't you just feel that like someone using that as a slur against like ah the darn irish yeah they'd be I reaching all the time i was doing that boarding house reach 
now he's kind of Minnesotan. Um, I anyway. love how you tried to originally <laughs> criticize the Irish in an Irish accent. Like that was a I did. I, I double that, but that's when. That's why we're not actually doing a role playing podcast because we don't know how to do that. Um, we're not good at voices. We'll, we'll still do them when we need to. Is there, but, is there uh, any subtext to this whole thing being based upon a cereal made by a leprechaun, and now you also like saying hurtful things toward the Irish people? Unrelated. <laughs> it's unrelated. Just, it's just, just a personal. That, that, that one's all me. That's just Brian being mean to Irish people. <laughs> um, Not. No. So uh, this this boarding house. Um, and basically, Noble's backstory is that he has come to this town to basically make a li- make a make a profit. Sort of. It's similar. Think think gold rush kind of. But mm. he's not one of the people coming to mine the gold. He's someone here to make money off the people who came to mine the gold. But instead of mining gold, what I thought would be interesting is, so I described the continents being sort of a horseshoe shape. This is at the very bottom of the left side of the horseshoe. I want, I think it'd be interesting. We, we've established that we're kind of at the early stages of long distance sea travel. But I think that there is a rush. There's sort of a space race of like, what if we could get to the other side? Instead of having to go all the way around the horseshoe, what if we can cut across the other side I think this is, um, I like the idea of, of a port town, like an old western town, or, but it's not like in the middle of the desert, it's on the coast. A bridge town, a really big bridge town. We're going to build a bridge that is, I think if, if my math is right, that's basically the width of the United States. There's <laughs> a pretty wide gap that's between those. pretty so. cool. So I, I assume the solution is not a bridge. I don't think that we have established what that could be, but I think there is this this new opportunity of like, oh, what if we establish trade with the other side? What if so the we other side is reach that. out to the other side, if you will? You might say that that's why they named the town that, and why I named the town that. I'm on to you, Brian. So reach, um, and I think that Noble was sort of involved with that, right? Like, I think I think he is like. He's like a, he's just a rich dude. You know, he's like that rich dude that you don't like. And he's that rich dude who's just like, you know what? I want to just be a lonely innkeeper now. I've got all the money I need. Well, I don't No, I don't think he's lonely. I think he's just trying to make a lot of money. Um, Uh, I I said, I said lonely. I meant to say lowly. That's one of my quirks as me as a human, Houston Bobley, is I tend to replace words with similar sounding words that don't mean. You're going to learn, listener, about Houston's various aphasias. Um, Wow, that was some great character development. (laughs) Yeah, he is kind of uh, I, I, I think you're right, though. I think he is sort of slumming it. Right. He is. He like comes from a noble background. His real name's Nobilius, but he goes by noble and he's from the noble Harrison family. Um, up north, okay, up north uh, in the capital of the kingdom, that kind of thing. Um, and he's like, he does like the idea of like, oh, you know, who's that guy on the our flag means death? That he's like, oh, I'm just a rich guy and I'm going to go be a pirate because it sounds fun. This guy is that same thing for cowboys. Yeah, this guy is is basically like, oh, I'd love to go live in the wild, wild down and make my profit. And um, I'm going to dress up like a cowboy. What I was picturing visually is. Um, a cross between Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome, <laughs> and um, this one TikTok dude that I saw, who is, he's like a model, but he's like a cowboy-themed model. Crossed with Elon Musk, because I can picture this guy walking into the saloon after it opens with a sink in his hands and saying, let that sink in. <laughs> 
But that's in game. And um, he's I just think, pretending. Yeah, I, mean, I think we actually have established interested. an Elon Musk somewhere else in the world. This guy is a this guy's one of the guys who who defends Elon Musk on Twitter. <laughs> Through bird messaging. They just cast the spell message, attach yeah. it to a bird, and then it goes out into the public. I think we do have something about sending stones, and we can establish that at some point. Um, but yeah, that's Noble. He's there, and he he w- really wants this grand opening to go well. Um, but he's he's nervous for various reasons that I haven't quite told you, and I haven't decided if I'm going to tell you now or after you introduce your characters. I think after is more fun. Yeah, I'd say after, because then we have to adapt to it. Okay, perfect. Let's hear about your characters then. Who's going first? You are, Jake. All right. So, my character's pretty great. Um, his name is Jed. Jed Amright. And nice. people, the accent is actually on the last syllable of his name. And so, people commonly repeat his name back to him after he says it very slowly. And, and then he has to correct them on the pronunciation. And, like, to give a demonstration, he'll say... My name's Jed. Jed Amright. Jed Amright. Jed Amright. Jed Amright. <laughs> okay. So he's he's insisting that he is right. That he am right. But he doesn't oh. get it. <laughs> so his whole thing is that his name is Jed Amright, and he he always is telling people Jed Amright, and they think he's you know saying. You're damn right. And, but he's actually not. He's never made the connection. And so he just gets really frustrated that people can't seem to understand his name. And there's always confusion around him trying to explain it to them. And that actually goes along with his character a lot because he is extremely literal about everything. And he has a really difficult time. Like, You're damn right. Ass. He's literal about everything. Yeah, exactly. So it like, kind of goes along with his name. And he has a hard time thinking in the abstract or making metaphorical connections to things. He's just very straightforward about everything. Um, He is a human ranger, and we'll get to that later, but his, oh, his, I'll just give you the stats, and then I'll kind of give you the background how this fits in. So his highest stat is dexterity. Which we should roll for at some point. We'll figure that out. Okay. His lowest stat is charisma, because along with this whole, like, takes everything literally and is an extremely straight shooter. He is also prone to kind of social faux pas and he's very blunt and he often puts his foot in his mouth, sometimes not even with like realizing what he's done. And so he can be a little bit off putting to people, but people also generally are okay with him once they kind of get his vibe. Right. Um, He is 45 years old. He's male. He has kind of a drawl in the way he speaks like this and he talks pretty slowly because he's from Reach or better described as 20 miles outside Reach on a ranch which he owns with his wife Belinda. That's also part of his backstory. Um, he, part of his backstory is that his wife is named Belinda? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that he runs a ranch with his wife Belinda and they ranch radishes and he's just a very plain... 45-year-old guy, right? Um, nice. In terms of his like appearance, picture um, Sam Elliott. Um, oh, nice. But with a bigger goatee, right? His goatee yeah. is very pronounced, and his wife hates it, but he refuses to shave it kind of for that reason. Um, 
let me see here. Other details that are important. So his hold on. I have a question. Yes, I have a question. We've established that Reach is relatively new. So when he said he lives twenty miles outside of Reach, I think that Reach built itself twenty miles away from. Yes. Yeah. How does he feel about that? How does he feel about? <laughs> well, Reach? he's pretty pretty darn upset about it. If I'm telling you the truth. You're damn right he's upset about it well it wasn't wasn't my choice and that's kind of his attitude is like he doesn't cause a big kerfuffle about everything he's always just kind of generally annoyed and disgruntled got it okay so he was probably upset about whatever was there before reach too yes okay specifically uh, an open field which he hates he hated that he just hated that open field that wasn't full of his radishes because he didn't own it yeah um i think Here's, here's what I'm going to say with my character. I think the Harrisons owned it, but did, weren't doing anything with it. Oh, and so I like that. That's why Noble was like, oh, I could go do something with that. Actually, okay, that fits in pretty well as to why he would be annoyed about all of this. Because he is at the grand opening because he is the brother-in-law of Noble Harrison. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Belinda, now Belinda Amright, used to be Belinda Harrison. Whoa, and, uh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't even know my character had a sister. I, I know, right? <laughs> Development. And so he was, also, he was also very annoyed that his brother was just kind of squatting on that giant parcel of land and wouldn't give it to him to ranch his radishes on. Um, but he's at this grand opening. Well, okay, before I get into like too much story, let me make sure that there's nothing else about his like basic persona that I haven't covered. Alignment... Um, I kind of decided he's basically true neutral. Like he doesn't really doesn't really give a damn one way or the other. Like he doesn't spend time thinking about the right or wrongness of things. There's just stuff that makes sense to him and stuff that doesn't make sense. Stuff he likes and stuff he doesn't like. He's not a bad person, yeah. but he's also not exceptionally virtuous and making efforts to be a yeah. great person, right? So he's true neutral. He's like true true neutral. Like yes. he absolutely is just like, yep. Whatever. whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, and then he, uh, okay. Okay. So now I can kind of get a little bit back more into his story. Cause I think I've pretty much covered like his, uh, basic characteristics. Yeah. Jed Amright, his, he's a human ranger, high dexterity, very low charisma and such and such. So his like, um, reason for being here is because his brother-in-law is opening up this tavern and his wife roped him into writing and performing the jingle for the tavern at, at the opening event, right? Yes. And he was extremely annoyed at this, but it was like he finally agreed just to get his wife off his back, right? Yeah. Now, go... The true neutral move. Yeah, totally. Like, he just... He was like, well, I guess I, I, guess I got roped into this, you know? And uh, yeah. so he complied, but he also is pretty annoyed about it. And... Uh, that kind of segues well into his whole like relationship and his bonds and stuff. Like he does love his wife. Like he really loves her. She's great. He very much appreciates her companionship, but he also has kind of like very little patience for her. And he has two dogs who are named Smith and Wesson. And (laughs) they um, are always getting him into trouble because like they're very well-behaved dogs, but they're always getting him into trouble because his wife is always accusing him of loving the dogs more than he loves her. To which he just okay. kind of blankly, blankly stares at her with no expression, not responding because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings, but he also isn't going to lie to her because it's kind of yeah. true. 
Okay. Um, and, I feel like I know a lot about this guy. I feel like I can picture oh, him he, very clearly. I spent a good hour daydreaming about this guy, so he very much exists in the fantasy realm <laughs> nice. on his own accord. Um, yes. So, yeah, Smith and Weston are his dogs, and he would die for them. Um, I guess that's one thing that he like feels very strongly about because he loves them so much. His wife, he would probably take a bullet for her if it was like not coming directly toward his heart. <laughs> it just incapacitates him for a minimal amount yeah. of time. Yes. Yeah, he's like, I will, I will be injured for my wife. I will not die for her. Yes, for sure. Um, so then I guess touching a little bit more on like his ideals and values, um, one of his, so he, he appreciates simplicity. He also doesn't like BS. Like he doesn't like when people BS him usually because he doesn't understand what's going on because he takes everything so literally. So he's kind of easily fooled in that sense, but also he just hates people being not genuine and he's extremely genuine to the point of getting himself in trouble all the time. And honestly, after every single thing you say about this guy, all I can think is, wow, he's a real straight shooter, which I'm sure is, <laughs> is part of the idea. Okay, so his mantra in line. Continuing, he often tells people, well, I'm just a straight shooter, yes, which he then kind of turns away and chuckles to himself because he knows something that they don't know. And that okay. is that when he was a teenager, well, even before then, like 12, 13, 14, when he was living with his parents still on their radish ranch, um, that's where he learned the trade, it was discovered that he had an uncanny knack for marksmanship. And so he tells people that he's a straight shooter and then turns and chuckles to himself because what they don't realize is he is really an extremely straight shooter and he is very, very good with a gun, specifically like, you know, a revolver. Um, yeah. And so, you know, like his, his sidearms basically. But yeah. so what happened is when he was a teenager, he got recruited and sent to an academy to kind of hone his marksmanship skills because he was going to be like basically a warrior in the D and D sense, but a gunslinger because he was just like, it was a natural ability. You didn't even have to teach him. And he was so good at, like, marksmanship and, like, shooting pistols. And what happened was his instructors at... Hold on, I named the school even. Nice. At the Old West Style Academy of Shooting Things and Being Dangerous. (laughs) Is it Old West? Is it Old West or is it Old Down? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, quick adaptation on the fly. The Old Down Style Academy of Shooting Things and Being Dangerous... His instructors caught on very quickly that he was a little too good at shooting things and a little too dangerous. So they expelled him from the school. They told him that it was because he was a hopeless case. And because he doesn't really understand social situations very well and he just takes everything at face value because he's such a straight shooter, he just believed them and figured he didn't have any skill. And so he was very hurt by that. And he just went back, married Belinda, started ranching his radishes, and he kind of hid his pistols and hasn't really like used them in front of anybody for a very long time because he's ashamed that he was expelled from the academy. Um, but what other people don't know is oftentimes out in the radish fields, when no one's looking, for old time's sake, he'll grab a handful of 10 radishes, throw them up into the air, count to two, 
and then pulverize them all with bullets before a single one hits the ground. He's got to have um, big is, hands if he can pull out 10 radishes and hold them in one hand and throw oh, them yeah. up in the air. He, he does. That's canon. Like gorilla-sized so, <laughs> hands. His guns are, act, are also extra large, and he made them himself. I forget. Um, what, what, race is, what species is he? He is a human. Okay. Hey, we need to talk about this. Um, when, there are no humans in this world. Oh, no. As far as we know. And so we either either need to decide he is a human and there's some reason okay. why we can explain that or we, we change it. Because his great-grandfather immigrated to the planet from Earth. Okay. Earth is now in the universe. Or, or no, no, actually from How? the, uh, what's it called again? Oh, man. I'm having a nerd failure moment. The world of D&D. Where humans do exist, but it's still a fantasy realm. Oh, right. Yeah, I think we, we have established that. So I think that's great. So basically, most people in this world will follow that sort of origin story that we've established. But that story is that they have come down from the upside, the north, right? Yeah. And they have sort of slowly been trickling downward. Um, I like this guy. He is the south, right? He is the, yes. the lower part. He's the wild down. He's actually started from the other end. Okay, and he's a human, and people probably are like, "Are you some kind of like, they like short, yeah. round-eared elf?" Okay, yeah, I like this, and 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 also like, we can just make it canon as well that his wife. Okay, well, what 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 race oh, is um, Harris? My, my race is uh, I'm a halfling. Okay, okay, so Belinda's a halfling as well, and uh, you know they got some shame for their you're all like inter- on square of what the kids would be. Because there is no sexual reproduction in this world. It's all stork-based. So. Right. <laughs> if a uh, if human and a an halfling got married, do you think the stork would deliver them a dwarf? Is that how it works? Th- the stork brings them a, a three-quarterling. Is, is basically a three-quarterling. Yeah. He doesn't have any children, uh, think- though. And actually, I'll just make that canon as well, that Belinda always wanted children. He didn't really care one way or another. If they showed up, great. But the stork just never brought any. And that's maybe why he never, he's so attached to his... never paid his stork taxes. Right. And that's maybe why he's like so attached to his dog, Smith & Wesson. What if the stork brought the dogs? Maybe that's also where you get pets. Yes. <laughs> I love that. The stork brought the dogs. And the stork always takes into consideration the parents' demeanor and their species and their yeah. class and everything. Which is why he knew that Smith & Wesson, who were already named before the stork, stork dropped them off, and they came with little slips of paper and name tags, knew that they were perfect for Jed. And she was confused because they were talking about having kids. So they were expecting a stork to come with a baby. But when it came with dogs, she's like, what's going on? I thought we I thought we wanted a baby. This yes. is a little she's hairier like, oh, I don't know. than I'm and, used to with children. Yeah. And he's, I could see him basically just being like, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, yep. I don't know why that happened. He was like, well, I kind of thought they might bring us some kids as well. But they brought us two dogs. There they are. I'm OK with it. And she's like annoyed by how much of a straight shooter he is. Um, okay, that's like pretty much it. Awesome. All right, Houston. So let me tell you about my character. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit of backstory of this world. We're talking about Reach. It's in the subcontinent, if you will, of Niederlinks. Niederlinks, something like that. I think we established that it is the opposite rules of how German works. 
So that'd be Niderlinks. So it's Niderlinks. That's how I said it in the narration, I think. Niderlinks is the downward portion of the great continent of Lynx, which is a kingdom. Monarchy and all that jazz. My character. Now, his name is Garn Herbert, if you will. If I will. What if I don't? Then he's going to enforce his will upon you because he is that kind of guy. His name's Garn Herbert. He was the very first horse thief in the whole kingdom of Lynx. No one had ever thought of it before. No one had ever thought of, you know what? This horse is not tied so well to this pole. I could what just if we take just, it. What if we just it took it? What just if we just it? took it? <laughs> the invention of stealing was created specifically with horses by this man. Now, let me let me back it up. He is no man. He is a centaur. Of course. Wait. <laughs> this just got really deep. Look. Explain how this works. Is the centaur riding the horse? Let me tell you, that makes his, his highest stat is wisdom, which we'll get to is a little interesting choice of his okay. highest stat. His lowest stat is intelligence. So he knows that books okay. are good. He doesn't know what's in a book. Basically, he knows like these horses hey, yeah. are basically like related to me somehow. I've got four legs. They got four legs. He doesn't understand that there are different species altogether. So he just thinks... He's freeing some of his friends from prison. And just no one seems to really be on guard with these. So, you know, let them out. Let them go about. (laughs) To him, he's invented horse thievery. But to the centaurs, he's invented trafficking. Not even to the centaurs. (laughs) Because, like, they know. Other centaurs recognize that it's just a horse. The other centaurs recognize it's just a horse. Like, obviously. It's a gray area. Affection for it. but. But for <laughs> him specifically, like he thinks he's this great liberator of the horse kind, um, of the mm. centaur kind. He just thinks that they're less developed centaurs. That's all they are. Uh, so mm. this didn't sit well with the king of links. And so he sent out many uh, warrants for his arrest. Now, keep in mind, his wisdom is pretty smart. He doesn't know how to read these warrants, but he knows it's not good. So he put on a few disguises, made himself look like multiple a, disguises, a few disguises. Okay. Uh, that's how his brain works with this. Made himself look okay. like a particularly big horse because the guards weren't going okay. after the horses. They were going after him specifically. Um, this only lasted so long until his proficiency with his disguise kit rolled a natural one. And then he just had oh, a book no. They just had to go. Um, and he knows what a book is, so that makes he, sense. <laughs> he knows what a book is. He doesn't know what's in a book. Okay, good. So he's been he's been traveling southbound, downbound, if you will, for quite some time. Downbound and down. Isn't that isn't there a song called like Eastbound and Down? Uh, That's contradictory in our world. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. So he he's been going for some time. He. Uh, well, let, let me let me get to his class. I figure this is the first episode. Let's start off pretty small. Keep it chill. What is the most common, just like new to D&D class and subclass? It's a champion fighter. Pretty straightforward. You get a lot yeah, of... Basically, yeah. it, it's like the most basic thing. You're just 
athletic, you get a lot of um, ability score improvements, all that. So he, he started learning how to read some books, started improving his intelligence, started learning, hey, you know what? Champion fighter is kind of a boring class, actually. And so by the time he reached like level 10, he's like, why don't I multi-class? So he is he's canonically multi-classing. He's canonically multi-classing. And the ironic thing is, is he always like should have had a bit of rogue in him. So that was yeah. his first level yeah. is he started getting some rogue and then he started getting some bard because he picked up the guitar and he's very good at singing, mind you. Uh, nice. He started picking up, you know, uh, some mood aggressions every now and again. So he got a little bit of barbarian in him. Um, I, I, I love that even I love that even in a game where we're not even going to be playing these characters, you still are like multi-classing him uh, like crazy. <laughs> I, I love that Keep he it. is like the way you've described is that he's like self-aware to the point that he knows what multi-classing is. Like he yeah. will openly tell people, oh, I'm multi-classing. It's it's like I was creating the character and going along and decided, you know what? Champion fighters are kind of boring. What else can I spice this up with? I love it. Uh, anyway, so that's a bit about him. So he is very well versed. Uh, the last one, well, I guess his last multi-class that he started working on was Bard, which does require some charisma. Um, and this did go to his head a little bit. So he decided, you know what? With all these talents, all my uh, proclivity to, um, you know, to take on new traits and uh, learn all these things. I, I make a pretty good example. I make a pretty good leader. So he came to reach, not knowing what it's all about or anything, but he decided, you know what? I'm sheriff of this town. So he, he just decided. He just decided. And, okay. Bold move. you know, the Niederlakes, they're used to a monarchy. And how do you become a monarchy? You take it. And he just came in, and everyone in the town was just kind of like, you know, we're still kind of in shambles. It's just kind of like out in the West. This this guy wants to be sheriff, sure. If he just wants to like help us beat up some bad guys, we'll let him. So he kind of became sheriff just because no one really wanted to be, and no one really cared what he did. Like it didn't impose anything on them. He's a voluntary yeah. sheriff, if you will. Um, it also helps that he does look like Matthew McConaughey. He like okay. he kind of made a good image for the town. Um. But he's he's Matthew McConaughey with like a tinge of Bradley Cooper's neuroticism. Are you saying his name is Matthew McConaughey? You know what? That would have been a better <laughs> name than Garden Herbert. So let's back that up. It's McConaughey. That's the only part <laughs> like H A Y, like the like the or thing it could that be the name of his trusty horse. I you know ooh. what? <laughs> his lower half <laughs> is named Matthew McConaughey. Lower half his upper himself. half. <laughs> his upper half is named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that so he doesn't have a horse he hey because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a steed it's just himself he just frees the horses to free them exactly okay okay from i take back the waist what I said up, about... he is matthew McConaughey, and from the waist down he is hey and well met or hey and what's up <laughs> McConaughey and what's up <laughs> oh man these rich characters they're beautiful um we came up with a fun connection between my character and Jake's character. One I was thinking about between my character and your character is, since I'm this sort of opportunistic guy, I think I probably came to you. So I, I kind of asked around, who's the sheriff? 
People said, oh yeah, it's that, it's that centaur guy. And, and I just kind of like, that was my way in. Right. And you were kind of like welcoming it, welcoming of it, because if I could make the town bigger, that made you more important. Right. Um, so I think, I feel like that would make sense for our, our characters to have met that way. And like, sort of, that's how we got to know each other. And sort of, that's our connection now. I, I think every Saturday night, I get at least one drink on the town. Use. Yeah, and we, okay. we play some cards and we play whatever. some cards. I'm getting like better it. at them. I know I know how to count now. Do your characters know each other? I was about to ask that. Do we like want to establish a connection between them? I, I think that like they know of each other, but like I picture um, Jed as a, a fairly like keep to himself kind of guy who doesn't like go to town every week to play cards, but he does stay in the know about local happenings. So like, yeah, he knows about your character and he's heard about like the horse thievery slash liberation, but he's kind of like, well, some people find their calling, I guess he doesn't care. Yeah. He I, just doesn't care. I'll back that up. I think that is his biggest secret is he has learned that he is labeled as a horse thief um, instead of a horse liberator. Mm. And he like, once he came to that understanding, he, he's not proud that he was stealing that he was could right. be labeled a thief. So I think that is his biggest, darkest secret, even though there is still a sense of pride in what he did. So I keep think he keeps that secret. So what he tells people instead is, yeah, I got uh, kicked out of town for bootlegging. Uh, and so he would okay. just like, I don't know, take like artificial cot. Do I even understand what bootlegging is? Yeah, it's where... He, he, He's it's when you like it. record a concert and then you sell, you like put it on a torrent site. Yeah, I was trying to say he took like artificial copies, and I was about to say DVDs, but <laughs> realized that doesn't work for this. So maybe it's not bootlegging. I don't think we're going to go as far as having DVDs in there. We have talked about some technology things we're going to introduce, but uh, maybe not DVDs. Like I also said bootlegging, meaning to say moonshining. Um, oh, when you said bootlegging, my brain a hundred percent just heard moonshining. I'm glad we're on the. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Isn't moonshining a form of bootlegging? Uh, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think moonshining moon is, is just bootleg whiskey. I think you're right. I think bootlegging is maybe the process of transporting it, and moonshining is brewing it. That yeah. Well, to me, bootlegging <laughs> is no one knows. Yeah, bootlegging just means it's an unauthorized production of something. So, um, since we're on this topic, our moon, is, our world is very moon themed. So, I would love to figure out what moonshine is. And I would love that there to just be a drink called moonshine or something that has some special what, property. Here's what it is. I'm going out here since I'm the first moonshiner as well. Um, yeah. It is high alcohol content drink with moon dust sprinkled over it. it gives you a little bit of a zip that the government Ooh. would tell you is too dangerous. Uh, and it may nice. it. it it is. It is. It really is. Um, so he, he tells people that he was a moonshiner. He wasn't, but that's what he does to cover up the fact that he was a horse thief. So, okay. Um, awesome. So I feel like we have got some cool characters who are going to do some cool stuff. And uh, part of part of this, this show um, is, it's called Background Checks, right? It's a fun play on, like, background and, like, rolling a whatever check, right? Um so what we thought would be fun is there will be different elements of our character that we will roll on each episode. And this, this time we will just do uh, just some, the, we're going to roll our high stat and our low stat. 
to kind of determine, you know, we've already said, um, you know, Jed's highest stat is dexterity, I assume. And lowest was charisma. Yes. Um, so we'll, figure out, we'll roll for the highest and the lowest to know, like, how good and how varied are you. But we'll know that those yes. are the highest and lowest. We won't bog you down with all six stats. Okay. Uh, but we'll roll for that now. Um, I didn't say what mine were. Let me actually say what um, Noble's stats were. Where did I put those? Noble's high is charisma. He's a bard, which I actually don't think I said. Um, he's a business mm. bard. He's a college of eloquence, just kind of business bard. Um, that also fits well. The fact that he's a bard kind of fits in with how he's very into live performances, and that's why I asked his brother-in-law to play the guitar at his grand opening. But, oh, there's you know, like a stage in the corner, right? Yeah. He, because officially all bards can play instruments, he technically can, but he plays like the recorder that he learned in third grade. Um, he's not like a musical guy, but he he loves listening to music. So that I think, yeah, he would, he would have you come in and play. Um, and I think he, his goal... He brought you in to help with the grand opening because you're, you're my brother-in-law. But I think he, his ultimate goal is he wants to bring you into society a little bit. And he, yes. he hopes that music can be the way that we do that. And both of you probably would be pulled in. We actually didn't really explain why you're involved, Houston, why you're being well, I'm the brought sheriff. in. I'm the sheriff. Oh, you are the sheriff. It totally makes sense. You are the sheriff. In yeah. this falls under my jurisdiction. So you're there to make sure uh, no shenanigans happen. In terms right. of unlawfulness, I'm there to sing a song and make people feel a little bit better, and and also to as a as a personal project to get Jed out a little bit more. Yeah, perfect. I also want um, it to be known that I do have a belt buckle, and it is just a regular wanna, horse. Well, you, let's not the podcast and talk about how my character <laughs> has a belt buckle. Yeah, it, on any other podcast that would be dumb, but it actually makes a lot of sense here because it is some valuable flavor. Where does the belt go on this? centaur oh right above the <laughs> like right below the human part right above the horse part yeah right as it's transitioning into hay like at an uh, angle or like around his midriff uh, around his midriff like it droops okay. a little bit it's heavy it's a big golden horse okay. that is his belt buckle the belt buckle is a horse the belt buckle is a horse wow I love that. this is a complicated and you're thinking um, probably like a like like a five inch long belt buckle no this is like a whole like foot and a half wide belt buckle how, how is he dressed otherwise i assume he's not wearing pants is he wearing like a cowboy shirt or whatever like with a woody star no i kind of imagine him just butt naked just <laughs> other than the belt shirt. Other than the belt buckle. Also, let me let me make sure i have the names right the top half is named matthew the bottom half is named mcconaughey no, it's top half is Matthew McConaughey, and the bottom half is Hey and what's up? Hey and what's hey, up? Um, cool. Um, let's let's roll. Let's roll. So we're gonna roll four d six. Drop the lowest for these stats. Um, just like you do in Dungeons and Dragons. Are you able to roll on my behalf, Brian? Given I don't have dice or yeah, a dice fine. roller in front of me. Yeah. Okay, so I will go first. My. Are, are we going to say I'm rolling my charisma now and then you roll it and then I'm rolling my other one now or we're just going to roll both numbers and assign the highest to the high and the low to the low? I assume. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's yeah, do it that way. Okay, I rolled a 15 and a 14. <laughs> my high is 15 <laughs> and my low is 14. 
I think statistically it may actually be different. We, we may need to roll all six of them. That's um, what I did. And then take the highest and the lowest. That would make more sense. Yeah. But for this one, you know what? I'm keeping it. He's a very <laughs> level guy. He's just kind of pretty good at most stuff. Um, Love it. And if we were playing a real campaign, it would be cheating to do that. But since we're just doing this, we're doing this. Uh, so he's got a high of 15, uh, which is uh, charisma. And his low is... No, it's too much. I got to roll. That's not fair for his strength. To, it does, doesn't fit him to also be a strength of 14. You know, he could kind of terrifying. Could be yoked. You know what? He is. He is. yoked. <laughs> um, and he wasn't until right now, but he definitely is. And so he's rock like, on. it's like, I'm funny you say that because I was about to say he was like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, extremely charismatic and extremely yoked. Yeah, I mean, that's him. Um, and he's a business bard, just like, just like uh, Dwayne the just Rock like Johnson. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to jump ahead of Jake real quick. But I imagine rolling for these stats might uh, force us to retcon some of our backstory. Because I did roll the 46 eight times. and did drop the lowest and did drop the highest. Uh, you do it eight times. So for six stats, right? Because you do 46 eight times. You drop the lowest and the highest, so you have six left. Oh, I was just thinking you roll four, drop one, and you do that six times. Uh, I, don't re- I don't remember how this works. What you said might be the same thing. It's not. I get it now, though. You're saying just drop the, drop the highest and the lowest out of eight rolls leaves you with six numbers. Yeah, I and dropped and the you highest line those group numbers up. of 46 and the lowest group of 46. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think I think what I'm describing is the official D and D thing, but honestly, that might be it because my stats are pretty good right now. Just saying. Okay, I'm uh, pretty sure that's how it works. It's it's roll forty six, drop one, and then that's one number, and then you do it six times. I'm just gonna stick with it for now. Yeah, I'll do honestly, it right next time. Let's just keep it that. Yeah, um, I, I did the same thing with mine. So, because yeah, here's the thing. Uh, I might have to retcon a little bit because. Uh, my lowest stat after doing all these rolls, and I might have done it wrong, is uh, my intelligence is 12. So, actually, I have read a book or two. Turns out. Yeah, you know what's inside of books. Words. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know some words. I dabble. So, I'm actually not as stupid as I thought. I just, I just had been told I was stupid my whole life. So, I think we just established, oh, what about this? How about this is how we justify that our character uh, stats are totally broken this first episode? They're just higher level. Yeah. We haven't established what level anyone is. And we did establish your character has multi-classed into several classes. So yeah, he I, has to be somewhat high level. I did mention he didn't start multi-classing until like level 10. So he's up there. Nice. We will do this. We will do the ability scores right next time. But for now, I love just doing this. Jake, you get to pick between either of our methods to do it. Uh, well, I was going to say, can I just pick the numbers? <laughs> <laughs> Houston's way seems like it would give me very good numbers. Oh yeah, <laughs> it did. But um, no, my my only hesitation. Well, yeah, we can do it, and then we can address this if it does happen. But I do feel like it's kind of fundamental to my character's entire backstory that like they have to have a high dexterity, or Ooh. like if it just pans out that it's actually not that high, I guess he's like delusional or something. I don't know. I don't know. It would kind of ruin this whole backstory. But let's I mean, just see. You're, if we do the highest of six stats, it should be fairly high. Okay. We, you, we also could give you the option of taking the standard array. 
right? He's like yeah. 15 plus whatever for dexterity, and he's eight on charisma. We could just do that. I'm okay with that. Okay. I think in general, I like the idea of rolling, but I think for this episode, we're, we're figuring it out, and that's how we do it. Okay. So, yeah, like I say, this is the part of D&D I am not good at, so I don't even know what his standard bonuses would be. He's a human it, ranger. Yeah. It's, it's, well, he's human, so... And there's, we haven't even discussed, are we using like a character 5e sheet. rules? Yeah. Are we using the new 1D&D stuff? Whatever. So his dexterity um, really point, is so. 19. Almost perfect. Nice. <laughs> um, cool. So now I'm going to give you the part of the campaign prompt that I didn't tell you. Um, I don't know if this will always be the case, but I kind of like the idea of when I give you the prompt, I'm not telling you the whole story. Um, so that once we have the characters all introduced, because your your characters wouldn't know the whole story either, right? Um, and maybe maybe how much the DM tells the players will depend on the character they're building, right? It makes sense for my character to maybe not tell you everything. Maybe he's got his own motives or whatever. Um, but anyway, when you get to the uh, boarding, ha- boarding house reach, um, he's sort of briefing you, and he says, hey, thanks for coming. Uh, really appreciate you coming to help out with the grand hold opening on, and uh, you know, perform and... Hey, and what's up? Hey, and what's up? <laughs> All right. Now we're, now we're playing. Hey, and what's up? Uh, and thanks for... I'm trying to do a, like, not quite Western voice. You know, not not quite a, a drawl. Because uh, he's not from around here, but he's trying to have that right. sound. Kind of like a Doug Dimidum sort of voice. Like, slightly <laughs> Southern, not Western. Yeah. Honestly, what I should do is just me doing a Southern accent, because that's it. <laughs> then it's so. accurate. <laughs> Um, this guy is just, just me. Anyway, um, thanks for coming to help. Thanks for coming to help here uh, with the grand opening and the music and the everything. And happy to see you, Sheriff. Hey, hey, and uh, what's up? No problem. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm the sheriff. Uh, Why are you answering on my behalf? Well, he was addressing the group, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be. I you don't might be read mistaken, the room well. but I might have been distracted. I just heard my name and assumed he was talking to me. Let's just so I uh, I finished I finished making the I finished making the banner and everything I think we're all ready to go for tonight but there's one thing that we uh, haven't yet considered there's a massive sea bubble coming off from offshore and I think it's really gonna mess with the with all the festivities <sighs> so I'm gonna need you guys to figure out how to deal with that well it's always something so like first yeah. instinct so we've talked about in in our world building there are these Whenever there's too much moon dust, which is this magical dust that comes down from the moon, whenever, there's, whenever too much of it builds up in the ocean, it sort of lifts up and is sort of drawn to the moon and follows the path of, of the moon that is currently over the face at the time. Um, but when it gets too close to shore and, it hasn't, and that dust hasn't been sort of harvested out of it, um, it can sort of crash onto, it, onto the, the land like a tsunami and be a real problem, which would really ruin this town. So... Um, yeah, could use your help uh, dealing with the sea bubble, which I don't think we ever named them, but I guess this guy calls it a sea bubble? Uh, call it what it is. It's a bubble from the sea. Thank you, Captain Literal. Have you considered just shooting it? Pop, pop. Bang, bang. We didn't talk about that in college. Can that, can that work? Well, and then he hesitates because he doesn't like to let on that he knows a lot about shooting. And so he says, uh, in theory, I mean, you could try, but it's not. A, I don't think it would be a guarantee because, you know, surface tension bullets are small. So I've heard. 
Okay. Well, I mean, we've got some ships. We could send some people out. Uh, would you guys be able to help with, with that? And I don't know. We need to harvest that dust or, you know, whatever. I, you know, I, I am happy to send you guys out on a ship. But that falls on my jurisdiction. I just don't feel like I have quite the power without being in my jurisdiction. This is covering up the fact that he really is just scared of the water, which you can imagine a horse man might be. Um, that makes sense. But anyway, I'd rather just work on a giant ballista that we can use to shoot at this bubble. Uh, okay. might Ballistas, I mean, ballista bolts are bigger than bullets. So, I mean, the, that the is reasoning true. is there. That is. Let true. me just tell you, in my business, my former business, mind you, not, I'm no longer associated with All this. The moonshining stuff. Yeah, I, I know... I dabbled a little bit with the moon. Uh, and hey, well, I mean, you know your stuff. Let me tell you, it goes down nicer than a nice cold glass of cream soda if you can just hit it with the right sphere. And by sphere, I mean ballista bolt. Okay. Um, I'm not following yeah, if you, here. What? If, you can figure <sighs> that out, if you can figure that out, I'll, I'll name a drink after y'alls. And then uh, my character would just say, yeah, I'm happy to help out, but oh, I was supposed to play this song, but I mean, I guess I can't do that anymore if I've got to help out, oh. right? No, after a celebration, we're really going to need you up on that stage, really, uh, you know, really working the crowd and, you know, helping us, helping us out here. He's totally dropped his accent at then this he point. Then he gets so. his, yeah. And then my character would get a little bit fr- frustrated and say, look, bubs, it's one or the other. All right. Do you want me to help right, with the well, giant bubble or do you want me to sing the song? Right. I need you to take care of the bubble. Um, you can use my ships or whatever um, if you want to gather some some crew or whatever. Um, wow. Yeah, we really need to not go badly. I nah. up north, you know, up where I'm from, uh, people just kind of there are enough harvesters out in, out there collecting the dust, and we don't really have this problem. So anyway, I would really appreciate it if you would would take care of it. You don't have to sing. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm in. Here's the thing, Jed. You might be worried about that song. But don't worry. And uh, Matthew McConaughey picks up your guitar and goes, I can fill in. And then... Uh, okay, that's where we cut it, right? That's yeah. where we cut the scene. We kind of know what the campaign would look like if we were to run that as a game. Because um, you're going to be doing something with Balliste. And uh, you're going to... And gonna filling in the, as singer. And filling in a singer. Yeah. Obviously, Sorry. the sheriff will fill in a singer. Um, sheriff Matthew McConaughey and what and what's up? Cool. That's that's our podcast. That's what we do on this on this thing on this podcast. So thanks for listening. Um, so I mean, is, what is the farewell then? Is it uh, what if it's what if it's something that rhymes with by and or hi and what's up? Hey and what's up? It's like have a nice day. And catch up another time with you. What what if it's not based on that? What if it's <laughs> what if it's just we've what if it's something else about the culture that that we want to reflect this this uh, farewell? What if it's that was up goodbye? That was up. Yeah, and so because it's hey and yeah. what's up, and this has just been the up that was whated. So yeah, this was okay. up, so now we're departing. I'm weirdly fully on board. So what if it's just, that was up and by? Yeah, works for me. That was up and by. 
That was up and by. Hey, what's up? That was up and by. I feel like the first one was like, <laughs> hey, what if we just sort of took a fantasy greeting and made it more modern? This one is just like fully unhinged. That was yeah. up and by. Okay, cool. And I guess that's how we're going to end the podcast as well. That was up and by. That was up <laughs> and by. And my character would say, happy trails, partner. But, you know, and bye. And bye. <laughs>